in a world that has more than enough information and noise, is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, guys. Okay, we are jumping back in episode three, and we are still in kind of just sharing our stories and kind of just sharing a little bit of who we are to give you a little window into that. And yeah, mom, how do you feel from last week of kind of sharing some of your story? Yeah, good. I guess I'm so old that it feels like I, I barely put a dent in it. But no, I yeah. felt good about it. Yeah. How about you? You're ready for some of your story today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I never really know when people are like, tell me about yourself. I currently live in Kansas City with my husband of almost 18 years, which is insane, and our four kids who we have three teenagers. So we have a 10-year-old girl and then a 13 and 15-year-old boy, and our oldest is 16, and she just turned 16. So yes, and if you're good at math at all, you will quickly realize that if I'm 34 and we've been married for almost 18 years, like, whoa, what does that mean? That's a so, math problem right there. We got to figure it out. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I, anytime I tell anybody like, yeah, we've been married this long. And they're like, and how old are you? And you just see like the wheels turning. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you can't get away from it. I feel like my whole life, it's like you can't get away from that. But anyway, so yeah, all that to say, yes, I did get married when I was 16, which is, yeah, a crazy little story all in of itself. Um, but again, even from what my mom was, you know, kind of sharing even last week, it just feels like for as long as I can remember, like nothing really about our lives felt normal. I mean, I hate that word in general because what is normal, right? But what I felt like was normal. And as my mom kind of spoke last week, we definitely had a pretty fractured home. So in, in the midst of that, though, I, I do feel like there was some stability. I, I always, even in the midst of all of it, my mom. Madre, you were an incredible mom and loved us so well. But I think that when my brother died and our lives changed seemingly in a moment, I think that it did take my body and brain a while to catch up to the trauma that surrounded all of those years, which I'm sure is the case for so many people. So, so yeah, life was, was crazy. And just because my dad definitely seemed to shift it didn't undo a lot of the craziness that was leading up to was was already brewing inside of me. So I was kind of just my own little spirally mess. So all of that to say, that kind of leads me to when I was around 15-ish, I got pregnant. And yes, it feels like, even as I'm saying it now, you just like, wow, it's like, you just sound like a stereotype or like, yes, yeah, I know. you know, 16 and pregnant. But I will say when it actually happened, I mean, I, it's like everything stops. Like people talk about that and you're like, no, no, it's like, truly this yes. could not happen to me. Yes. Like there's no way, like this is impossible. This just happens in movies. Like this yes. could not ever happen. So when I found out, I just, yeah, I just wanted to run away. And my running away looked just kind of more like checking out, just yes. like, you know, don't feel, don't think, just kind of disengage. Um, 
I just, I really felt my body just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do anything. Like I, it just felt so unreal, so Mm -hmm. surreal. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of that, and again, like, like you said, like you're just feel like you're throwing out little nuggets. I feel like like we can all do with our stories. You know, we can only just throw things out. And then as we get to know each other and all the things, you get more and you go deeper. Yeah. But even in that, in the midst of that time, the Lord was so insanely kind to both Charlie and I. In the series of events, the Lord totally shifted my heart while I was pregnant and just completely shifted my perspective and my mindset. And what started was like, this is like absolutely not happening and I cannot do this. And to the nth degree shifted to like, oh my gosh, like maybe this is the Lord's kindness, which again, sounds insane, right? So, so yeah, it was, it was insane. It was, it really was. But long story short, even in the midst of that, kind of walking that out and just all of the craziness that that entailed of finally like relenting and being like, okay, this is what we're doing. Several weeks had passed and I I went into that ultrasound, I remember, with my mom. And as one does when you're 16 years old, and there was no heartbeat. And I know that even as I say it, it's like, mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, I mean... I mean, let's be real. It's like you're 16, like kind of dodged a bullet, you know, but I can't tell you the loss that I felt in that moment. But it was actually more than that. I think I I mean, I was 16, so it's hard to know that I was fully connecting to that precious life inside me. But I know and around us was just like, oh, man, like, don't you feel like a weight has lifted? But I I did not feel that way. And I I've thought for years about what was that? What exactly was I feeling in that moment when I felt like the entire world was crashing in on me? It was one of the heaviest moments in my life that I felt like crushing. And I feel like I almost saw my life happen in slow motion. I mean, not really, but like how I felt. And I felt like I saw what my future was. And again, this is just what I was feeling, but like a life of like pure self-indulgence and narcissism and disassociation. I mean, those are heavy words, but I mean, I was feeling so intense of like what I felt like was my life. And I felt like up until then, and at that moment, my life was like on a train that just kept speeding up. And I knew that the tracks very soon were going to just disappear and they would just, the train would just go off a cliff. It almost felt like inevitable. But after the initial pain and shock and fear and true disbelief that I was pregnant about having this baby, somehow like getting pregnant and having this baby with Charlie, somehow it shifted and it felt like a way to jump off that train Mm -hmm. and to maybe choose a different life. So with the loss of the baby, it all of a sudden in a moment, it felt like I was stuck on that train and I couldn't get off and I would never be free. And I know that's so dramatic, right? Like even I have a 16 year old girl now and thinking about that, we've had so many conversations about me at 16 versus her and just just so many things, you know, but like how emotional 16-year-olds are. And yet I know the Lord still uses that in the midst of all of their emotions and yeah. feelings. So there's that too, right? But yeah, it was it was super intense. And mm. so, mm. you know, mm. long story short, Charlie, Charlie and I talked and we decided that even though we lost the baby, we really still felt like we were supposed to get married. Now, of course, that did not make sense to anybody. And why would it, right? Thinking back now, like, it seems absolutely insane. But to us, it felt like the only way to move forward after such, like, a life-altering event. And that's, that's like, truly just what we felt. So I kind of knew my parents would say no, but we had to ask. Since I was 16, they had to 
technically like sign for me. And Charlie was 18 at the time. I think I, I think I vaguely remember talking to you about it, mom, but, and you kind of looked at me like kindly, but you basically were just like, yeah, I mean, I hear your heart, but you can wait. You're fine. But, but I, but I, what I was feeling was like, no, I can't. Like this train is like the, the days are numbered. Like the moments are numbered. It's going to go off this track. Um, and again, I know that sounds crazy and maybe it was, but that is so what was so pervasive and what I was feeling at the time. So, and again, this is a whole nother part of the story, but, and, but just to say quickly, yeah, one week later, you mom, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sharing for you, but yeah, you were kind of spending time with the Lord. And I think the phrase that the Lord gave you was like, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Was that it or? Yeah, something like that. I, I think um, just to jump in on here, just to say as the mom's perspective at that point, I did feel like Mary go through this. It was gigantic shift from this is the worst thing that happened to me. She had to tell me on my bed with a cover over her head. <laughs> the shame was profound. We had a church yeah. going on in our house and there was just, it was, it was like the last person you would expect this to happen to. But I would say that when she lost the baby, that there was no way to minimize, even though she was only 16, there was no way to minimize what had happened in her heart. And I would say that was also an early kind of insight into her soul of her tenderness and her attachment to children and this being her own child. But I would come to see quickly that God was doing something in her. And in a way, it was and sort of one of those statements I said down the road at this point was that I was feeling like God was saying that it would actually hinder her to actually alleviate these consequences because they had somehow somewhat connected, like as an adult couple, we couldn't go back. They couldn't go back. Right. And it appeared right. to be that in every way. And so, yeah, it was all stunning at every every point along the way. And we all had reputations to lay down to our pride. It was pretty crazy to be the parents that signed off on your 16-year-old daughter to get married. But yeah, God was definitely doing something. And all of a sudden, we just couldn't miss what was happening. And it was very difficult. It was painfully difficult to say yes to God in that moment. And I know many of you, if you ever are there, use out there, you might write me some mean letters to say, what? <laughs> why would you ever justify that to your daughter? But anyway, is it is what it is. And we're telling you the story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we think that's what brings healing. So yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I you're right. I mean, people thought we were absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure there are people at our reception that were like taking bets on how long we would last. And I was like, that checks out. I, it was just so crazy. It was so crazy. Yeah. I mean, and it is, it was like, I totally, totally understand. And it was absolutely insane. And I will say though, just again, to moving forward, when we did get married, it wasn't like, okay, kind of like my mom was saying last week. And then this happened. And then it was like, amazing. We were, it felt a lot like, okay, this was supposed to happen. And then, you know, God led them into the wilderness. It was just like two teenagers with so much baggage, very ill-equipped to get married. I know people have said like, wow, you got married at 16. You must have been really mature. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how farther that is from the truth. And I guess there were parts of me that was, there were parts of me, sometimes I felt like Jackal and Hyde. There were parts of me that would be so what some would call mature and just like deep and introspective and just really understood, you know, more deep things or whatever. And then there was the other part of me that just lived kind of 
almost disassociated from that other self, right? So I feel like I was also the youngest of four. And just practically, I was just ill-equipped to be a, the human being on their own. I didn't know how to do anything. So so there was all of that. But again, we had a lot of baggage, both Charlie and I, everybody does. But we were also so young. So there were so many things that felt like they were against us. And I really feel that it felt like there were so many things against us. And it was just, not to go through all the details, but it was just hard. It was really, really difficult. But we we trucked on and just kept moving forward just through lots of different events. We started having kids after a couple of years, and that was very difficult. We had some difficult children who are incredible and amazing, but also difficult with different, just different things of their childhood. That was something that we super were not prepared for. So it was just another thing that was like, we were not ready for this. And what it felt like, we were not ready for this. Then it just felt like, I can't, I can't do this. This is just too much. And at the time, Charlie was a worship leader and we were just trying to just get by and we had littles and it was kind of insane. And that's, again, like leaving out like huge little chunks of just craziness, but just trying to give you an idea. But in the midst of that, I think Charlie was just kind of slowly growing a little bit, just kind of cynical and just like, I don't know about this whole Christianity thing. And I don't know, just kind of getting skeptical and just for lots of different reasons. And what seemed in some ways to me like overnight really wasn't overnight, but he's a very black and white person. So he just kind of like came to me and was like, Mary, I'm not a Christian anymore and I'm an atheist. And and it was, again, for our world that we really like, you know, he was a worship leader and we super loved the Lord. It was totally earth shattering for me. This was, I guess this was like 10 years ago, which is crazy. Even as I'm saying it, I can't believe that was 10 years ago. So, and I, I don't want to say it was just hard for me. It was hard for him too. I mean, he, you know, he has told me now that it felt like he was super isolating himself from everything, everything he's ever known. So it was, it was, it was very difficult in so many ways, as you can imagine, all of the different ramifications of that, just because we thought, okay, we're raising our kids this way or doing things this way. And now it's like, okay, we're doing things very differently. And we already had a difficult marriage. So this was, again, another thing stacked against us. And so it just felt like on so many levels, like, oh my gosh, we can't, this is just too much. So it's been 10 years since then. And there's been different times that were, we really were like, we can't, this is too much. We can't do this. And every time I, I just felt like the Lord's like, nope, like you can. And we've both grown in different ways. And yeah, so that was, that was definitely a super crazy time. And just all the fears and the things that come up of like, how are we going to raise our kids? What are we going to do about this? You know, all the things that we had decided on and now it's like, ah, what are we going to do? And it was, it was, it was really hard and really painful and not to get into super specifics, but it was, it's been a journey and walking that out each, each step. And now that my children are teenagers, it's hard in a totally different way of like, okay, we're not on the same page on certain things. But I will say every time when I'm just like, ah, this is so hard, either because of marriage, just other marriage stuff, or because of our differences in beliefs and just all of that. When either one of us are just like, this is too much. This is too hard. Every time there's a shift, there's just mm. just of enough of like, um, like a, a, a weight lifted where it's like, OK, we can we can keep going a little bit further. And I, I will say just even the theme and the storyline of my whole life, I just feel like up until now, it's just kind of like just trusting the Lord in the midst of 
feeling the weight and the pressure before that breakthrough. Some would say, mom, we were talking about last week about what do you do when the breakthrough happens? Does everything change? Is everything better? And I feel like I'm on that before of that, you know, where I'm praying for my kids and praying for my husband. I want, I want to see things differently. I want things to be differently, right? But I'm not guaranteed when that will happen. And so many things that are so hard or painful, just trusting the Lord in the midst of that and mm. the journey of waiting on the Lord, even when the breakthrough doesn't come and you're not guaranteed that. So yeah, again, it's it's been a journey, a long journey, and there's so many amazing God moments along the way uh, in, in so many things. But just to give you a window, that is that is us and it's 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 messy and it's beautiful and it's crazy and it's our it's our little life <laughs> oh mary i think so many throughout the years have been inspired by both you and charlie and how love has is is winning and even in the place you are with radically different beliefs at this point in time and just all the ways that god has blessed you guys in and even your relationship and your friendship it continues to grow so I think it's inspiring and, and to so many of us who, whatever age you are, season of life you're in, and as as everything speeds up and it goes faster and faster and faster, we're, we're more stressed and some of those things that we could wait for more patiently can cause yeah. us to feel out more and more out of control. So I, I think part of us wanting to share right from the beginning is just to, hopefully you're not discouraged saying, well, wow, why am I listening to the these people. But hopefully, you know, you'll be encouraged to know that, you know, that really it, it doesn't so much matter about your circumstances and even your story, even the parts that are still hard right now or that have been so right. hard that you are walking with a lump or a wound. The idea is that, you know, there there's a way to find joy even in the midst of this ongoing kind of struggle that we have in whatever part of your life that you're struggling. We're right there with you. And yet we know God is good. Yes, absolutely. And as actually, as I was even thinking about today, actually, I shared it with my husband today at lunch. And I was I was saying that I feel like that it's even more important to share our stories in the midst of the hard things. I think maybe it was I can't remember, but I, I was asked to speak at a retreat a few years ago. And it was when things were even more intense. You know, there's just different seasons, right? Ebb and flow. And it was an even more intense season where things were just really hard and really intense. And they asked me to speak and I was like, hey, man, I don't have anything to say. I'm not like people want to hear the awesome stories where I was like, things are really hard. And then like everything changed. Yeah. And I'm like, I do not have that story. <laughs> and they were like, no, you're in the midst of it. That's amazing. And you're still standing. Mm. And I felt like the Lord just kept giving me that verse of when you've done all there is to stand, stand. But I just kept getting a picture and maybe I've shared it with you, mom, but this picture I kept getting in my head with like a corridor, you know, like a long galley or I don't know, a long hallway of women in labor and they were all in transition labor. So they were all like in so much pain and they were just just overcome with being in transition, right? So filled with pain. And midwives and doulas were coming alongside them and saying to them, like, you can do this. We've done this before you. You can do this. And it was taking the edge off a tiny bit, but not really. They were still in so much pain. And all of a sudden in the picture, I was in transition, I, I realized in the picture, I was also in transition and I was also in labor and I was in tons of pain. But in the picture, I felt like I was supposed to just start declaring to these other women and these other moms, it's okay, we can do this and God is good and we got this. And 
they all, like all these women in this whole hallway, all of them started to gain strength and started to gain focus Mm -hmm. and started to be like, yes, we can Mm -hmm. do this. And I felt like the Lord was so showing me like, Mary, there's something so powerful when Mm -hmm. you are in the pain yourself. You're not even out of it yet. You're still Mm -hmm. in it, but you're declaring what's true in the midst of it. And there's something even in that. I think for so long, I'm kind of like, I got to wait till I get out of that to get out of it to the other side to be able to say, see God's faithful. And the Lord's like, no, actually, you know, yes, do that, of course. But there's something even more powerful and or just more impactful, right, to the others who are in the midst of it saying, you haven't even got through it. You're still in it and you are speaking what's true. So I think just to encourage so many people, because I think I'd say the majority of us are, are waiting on on something, you know, waiting on the promise, waiting on the breakthrough. We're just like, life is just so hard. And if it's not that it's something else. It's just so much. And it's being like, wow, like we can declare what's true and speak that and encourage so many before those breakthrough things happen. Yeah, man. Preach it, sister. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mama. Yeah. I'm ready to start praying here. No, that's good it's... stuff. And, and I, I, I love that. It's It's funny to think that you're twice your age now. And all these things from your childhood into a very early marriage and difficulties within and without. And um, yeah, so so now let's shift for a moment. And sort of what I'm really thinking about, I'm, I'm remembering you as that teenage girl when everything sort of shifted. Just some things yeah. come to my mind is that you're still that same girl that God had created you to be. And one of the things that comes to my mind is the deep gifting that God has given you as a mother. And I'm beginning to see that more as a spiritual mother. But it takes me back to your trip. How old were you when you went to Africa? Like 14? I was actually, no, no, no. I was 16, 16. actually. That's 16. Like that was after Charlie and I decided to get married and I went to Africa like a few weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think it's kind of an interesting thing to kind of spin off of that and then maybe talk Mm -hmm. about your children a little bit where they are today. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was that was incredible. I will say, yeah, the Africa trip, I was definitely like one of those very gung-ho. Again, like I said, I was very passionate child. And I wonder why my children are so insanely passionate. I shouldn't wonder that. But yeah, so it was very all or nothing. So in Africa, I was like, yes, like I'm never leaving. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. I love these people so much. And I'm like, right, Charlie, like we're going to move there and live there forever. He's like, what? You know, (laughs) he was, I mean, yeah, he did not quite share that much intensity as I did. But yeah, I will say that that heart has been there. Absolutely. It's still there. It's still there for whatever. Again, it's one of those things that you're just like, huh, I didn't think it would exactly end up like this. I thought we would be living in another country and like living in a village, just like loving the people and just being a part of their culture. And anyway, just so many things that we you have to we all have to lay down our expectations along the way of like, nope, this totally didn't look like what I thought it would. And I so thought that this was going to be more like this. Yes. And Lord, I, I, I don't know what that means, but I'm laying that down because you know, your ways and your storyline is better. And so I, for whatever that looks like, it's either in another season or it looks differently than what I thought it did. So, so yeah. And what I thought would be like, okay, I'm going to love all of the children of the world, whatever of the world. Right. It's like the Lord's like, oh, okay, how about you like love your children, you know? And which proved uh, challenging, not, no, they wouldn't, they, they would laugh if they heard me say that. I adore them. But yeah, I, Charlie and I are so like, just, yeah, we have so much of our own issues and that's half funny and half real that like, I'm like our poor children, seriously, I'm just like, they were again, 
back to the odds being stacked against them. It just feels like there was, there's so many things. So, so it was challenging having kids, being so young and, but you kind of asked more to present day. So yeah, I will say that they all kind of have their own struggles, just like every child and teenager, I feel like, but it it has been hard. I think just walking through different things and it's hard now, especially as they get older, because it's hard to know what to share because they are older. And so it's kind of like now this is their story to tell. And so, but they, yeah, they each have their own, definitely their own story and their own things and hard things that they've had to walk through um, in their life. And me as a mother having to watch certain things and certain just thought patterns and behaviors and it's heartbreaking, right? As a mom and you half it's heartbreaking and half of it, you just want to like shake them and be like, what is wrong with you? You know? And, and just, I mean, that is like whole nother level of having to lay down your expectations while also still, um, continuing to contend for breakthrough of all these different areas of in their life that they are struggling with. So, um, which you know all about that. And I, we've talked so much about that and I'm anybody that, yeah, has any kids that are struggling. Yeah. It is like, it is, it's like an everyday, every hour. I continue to cling to that song, that hymn, Lord, I need thee every hour I need thee. But it's it's also also beautiful and good to <laughs> sound super heavy. But, you know, them being teenagers, there's parts of it that have been super, super fun. And just, yeah, like, oh, you're like grown up people and so fun. And they're each just so unique and so special and crazy and yes. fun. So it's been good. And I never thought we'd be in Kansas City this long, but here we are. And We are just, yeah, my sister just moved here recently and that's been so fun with their two girls and they're incredible. And now the kids are back in school. I kind of told you guys, I guess, that I, we homeschooled. Well, we've, we've done everything. We're like that, that family. I feel like we should be like the, the poster parents for like, oh, if you want to know about a school or a schooling option, just ask us. Like we've done everything. So it's like, we've done co-ops, we've done private, we've done public. So this year we're, they're all in school and it's definitely been a transition. We just moved to another part of Kansas City and it's definitely been hard on the kids and on all of us, just kind of getting our bearings and me jumping more back into full time with wedding photography and just kind of the transition that that's been. I mean, the kids are older now, so that's not as much, but I think it's just, yeah, all of us just kind of trying to find our bearings. And so, yeah, just walking, walking that out. So that's, that's me. That's Mary in a nutshell. <laughs> Woo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, it's, it's funny how we're so overwhelmed in the preschool years and the littles and then teenagers, you know, it's just a whole nother thing. Just, uh, when they're ready to speak, man, you drop everything you're doing <laughs> yes, yes. to have a conversation with them. So yes, yeah, so that, that's, that's real. Okay, well, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask yeah. you is, so here you are and you've, you've lived a lot of life, a lot of life for your young age. And uh, as you go forward and there's a transition coming up in your life, a couple of your kids are going to be gone within the next five years, maybe sooner. So because you've been so busy, so busy, there's been so much happening in your life. What do you look sort of forward to or what's the, what's in this next season of your life? What are some things that you're hoping that you can maybe do more of or, but I'm really thinking more of things like, you know, what, what do you think about? What, what do you think about? Cause you've been such a young mom. They're right, gonna, right. going to be gone sooner yeah. than later. What does life look like for you? Maybe in the next 10 years? Yeah, actually that's kind of crazy and terrifying, not terrifying. Cause I'm like, oh, I have to have my children and 
it, but it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't even know. I remember sitting on the beach with Charlie when we had a little vacation a couple of years back and just watching a mom with her children. And I started just weeping uncontrollably. And I was like, Charlie's like, didn't even know. He's like, are you okay? like, what should I, I mean, what is happening? And um, he's like, you don't even want them to be little again. I don't understand. Like you, you wouldn't like, yeah, wish that on anybody. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, it was, it wasn't just that I was letting go of that littles. It was like that fear of what am I going to do as they get older? Like, who am I? What does that look like? Who am I without them? And again, that almost sounds so cliche, but it really was like, what is my role? What am I supposed to be doing? And the Lord reminded me of, it was really funny when we, when I was first married again, 16, 17, let's like not forget when I say first married, I was a baby. Okay. And I was going to this mom's group, like trying to meet people. Everybody was like at least 10 years older than me. And so, yeah, so we were supposed to make a mission statement of like, what's your mission statement for your family and your children of where do you want to see them grow? And we're going to put it up in our houses, like our mission statement for our family. And I would went and I really was like prayed about it and was like, okay, what's my mission? I'm like, I don't care about anything. All I care is that they love Jesus and they love other people, that they know mm -hmm. that they are loved by Jesus and that out of that, they are just filled with love and kindness for others. I'm like, what else matters? I don't know. And so I literally wrote that on a, a scratch piece of paper, like love Jesus and love other people. And I go to the meeting and people have a litany of like, beautiful, poetic. Yes, my children will be amazing. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh my Lord. And have it laminated and beautiful. And I'm like, oh, anyway, but I feel like the Lord reminded me of that. What's your calling? Just loves me and love other people. And, and I think that'll look different. And I don't even know what that'll look like. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's just, I keep feeling the Lord being like, just keep taking the next step. Us starting this podcast and jumping back into work with photography and, but who knows, who knows what the next step is. And I just, I want to be flexible and open to whatever that is and being willing to lay down my agenda and to be open to whatever that looked like. So I have no idea is the, is the short, short and long answer to that. But I also have a million ideas. As you know, I never stop <laughs> thinking of ideas of like, we could do this and we could do this and uh, all the things. So in some ways, I feel like that's why the Lord's like, just take one thing at a time. All right. Just simmer down and just do one thing at a time. But yeah, these are good questions. I didn't feel like I asked you last week, like, what's your bucket list of things you want to do with the rest of your life? But yes, I guess I'm a lot younger than you. <laughs> but yes, I, I think this is, I think this has been really, really good. And I think it just gives people the more insight into yes. who we are. So then even as we're talking, you just have some point of reference to kind of our storyline and kind of where we're coming from as we go into the weeks and the months ahead of, um, of what that looks like. And for us to be vulnerable and open and be like, hey, we are a hot mess as well. And just like journeying, journeying through this life, just clinging to Jesus and taking one, one day, one hour at a time. Mm, good stuff. Amen. Yeah. I heartily agree. And I look forward to that too in the weeks and months to come sharing together. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at Ames Girls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. 
Thank you so much again for joining us. And we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.